When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here he is, as if by magic. Now then. Now then, I thought you were on a bus. Yeah, I may or may not be struggling to work out the time difference. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's More Labour podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you all the news, views, opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at More Labour Podcast. We are More Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, although we barely ever post anything there. Um, all of our content can be found on Apple Podcasts, as well as Anchor and lots of other um, podcatchers that Anchor delivers to. But I guess if you're listening to this, you've already found us. Um, we are back for a bit of a World Cup special, I suppose. Um, but first things first, the more important news, um, it's been an absolutely cracking first couple of rounds of the Premiership Cup, lads. Has <laughs> that been... Forget the mind. Don't forget the might attend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Anyway, um, is that, yeah. Has that been big news in Japan, Doug? The might attend? Or, or the Premiership Cup? Oh, yeah. There's, there's people wandering around with their... Uh... With, with their wasps jerseys on, you know, super excited about that. F- Fukushima wasps. Yeah. Oh. So we must we must explain. Obviously, Ben, uh, you're here. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Thanks. Yeah, we're in like normal time zones and uh, you know all happy on our Sunday evening. Um, but we are joined by <laughs> the now back on Twitter. The reformed character, the Chinese lensman, who uh, is in Japan. How you doing, Jug? Jug. Jug, yeah. yeah. Japanese Doug. Jug. I've got to be honest. I'm back on Twitter. What? Why is everyone on Twitter such a nauseating dick about referees and rules? Oh, let's 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 not narrow it down to referees. Why is 90% of the people on Twitter such a nauseating dick? Uh, 
That that's yeah, you said it, mate. It's it's so fucking toxic, so toxic, isn't it? It's it's ridiculous. Um, But what's it like out there? What's 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 happening in Japan? Is the country fully absorbed and uh, enthralled in the Rugby World Cup? Um, I wouldn't go that far. I would say outside of game days, you don't really know there's a World Cup on. There's you know you, you don't really. You know, like how it was when we when we had the World Cup, it was sort of, you know, everywhere there'd be flags and banners and posters and whatnot. You don't you don't really see that over here, outside of the fan parks and and the game. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really know what's happening. I suppose it's such a such a big country as well, and there's probably quite a lot of ignorance towards rugby. Whereas over here. You know, rugby is is a pretty big thing as well, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, in where am I at the moment? I don't know, Japan. Kumagaya. In Kumagaya, the stadium was full, but it was full of school kids, basically. So they've, they've given away a buttload of tickets. Well, at least there were people in the stadium. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's as popular. Well, I, it's obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of people that have bought their Japan shirts and, and all that, but I, I don't think, like I say, I don't think it's um, quite as popular as you, you think it is by watching the telly. Fair enough. And where have you been so far? What What games have you covered so far? Uh, so I've done. I've been here since the sixteenth. I've done four games, which is <laughs> ludicrous. Um, France, Argentina being the um, being the sort of pinnacle. That was the best game I've done so far. Um, yeah, it, it's been a. It, I'm I'm just all over the place. I'll be honest. It's four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! I'm, I'm more impressed. You've, you you've, you've joined us. At, you've joined us at four a.m. Um, yeah. I was hoping. Yeah, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely fine. Um, let's. Why not kick off our a bit of a recap? Should we start with this morning's game, the one that's freshest in our minds? Uruguay against Uruguay Georgia. Exactly right. Yes. Um, Georgia stash is lovely, mind. Georgia stash is lovely. That's Canterbury stashing it, Georgia. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, I can't wait for the end of the World Cup because all these World Cup shirts will be dirt cheap, won't they? Yeah, and there's two, two very definite versions. There's the the sort of supporters jersey, which looks more like a football shirt, but it's still seventy quid. I wanted to buy an England shirt while I was here. It was seventy quid. Uh, um, What's I the, the Sports Direct website? I did not buy one. What's the, the exchange rate right like over there? Is it favourable or not really? I don't know, mate. It, Welcome to the about... uh, long exchange rate chat. Yeah, it, you know, I don't know. It... He's on expenses, he don't care. Yen, which is about seven quid. Oh, excuse me. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I've spent a lot of time on Twitter recently. It's tired me out. 
<laughs> I can imagine. Um, <laughs> let let let's have a, a brief chat about Wales versus Australia then. Um, a fairly you know inconspicuous, innocuous game where nothing really happened. Is it just me who thinks that actually Roman Poit refereed the game pretty well today? Because every blood and telling everybody that Michael Hooper basically ref the game and talked him out of this and talked him into that. When actually, I thought he did a pretty oh, yeah, decent job. Win Jones never does that, does he? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, then, I thought I thought Platt did really well. I think he got um, put onto the on the spot a little bit with the um, couple of incidents that went to um, the TMO, and I think he got him. Pretty much spot on. Um, I I do feel now the rugby started to liven up a little bit. A little bit of the sort of um, rugby Twitter is actually now concentrating a bit more on the rugby rather than uh, slow motion replays of um, foul play. Um, so there wasn't quite as much of that today. Um, but there was some criticism of the the decision on the the Hooper hit. But I thought. That was probably about right, a penalty for that. I mean, he just, it almost looked like he was, he knew he got it wrong and he knew he was going to hit bigger late and he he tried to sort of half pull out of it, which made it look worse than it would have done if he'd have wrapped him up. Um, the other one was the... The Karevi one. The Karevi one. Um, I mean, the law is you can't, if you're handing off, you've got to do it with your hand. You can't do it with your forearm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case. So it was a penalty, but I think any more than that would have been again pretty unfair um in terms of the game um, it was a it was a brilliant game yeah look i think with that for everyone the 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 law's pretty clear and that's intensely annoying because had had um Patchell tackle as world rugby one and two wouldn't have got a forearm in the face yeah so, so let him you know, let him have it. Let him have one. Yeah. Um, the problem is, World Rugby have backed themselves into a corner and they can't get out of it now. They've they've fucked the laws so badly that no, you know, under intense pressure from mewling little shits, you know, who who are never happy with anything, which is rich coming from me. But believe me. I think the the state we find ourselves in, especially with the that statement from World Rugby about the referee, that but don't don't misunderstand. That is a direct response to people bitching on Twitter, which is incredible. It's just incredible that these people who who seem to want nothing more than to have a game of rugby whereby all element of risk and danger is removed can can affect a governing body to the point where they, they criticise the people that be the arbitrators of all things laws. <laughs> it's I incredible. Mean, I think you could see when they went to the TMO for the the high tackle that Adams did. You you could just see from Poit's face it was like, oh not again. He knew and everyone on the tel- in the commentary box knew that it was just an accident. There was no danger of anyone getting hurt. And luck- luckily enough, 
they went with the right decision, which was just a penalty for a, a high tackle. Um, everyone missed the worst incident, which was early on when um, one of the Australian second rows had Alan Wynne Jones by the throat, Good. Uh, like hooked over, and then he kind of jerked him back. It was like something you'd see in a, a sort of commando training. But I every, think every... every single breakdown, every single breakdown, somebody gets dragged by the neck. Yeah. Every single tackle, somebody does a seatbelt tackle. Every single time you get a, a situation where there's, you know, a metre from the goal line, people are diving in with no arms. Um, it, it comes down to what's shiny. And and people see certain things and it, it's shiny and everyone goes, oh, that's that's horrendous. That, that can't be allowed to happen. Yeah, there's probably a dozen incidents of exactly the same thing happening. On every single possession. It, yeah. I think... People are just so desperate to get something on their Twitter timeline to prove how much they know about rugby that it, it's affecting the game. Literally, because World Rugby are reacting to the noises on Twitter. I think if you had a penalty for everything that... that Once once you slow the game down in, into, onto a replay and, and have multiple angles, if you had a penalty for everything that could be a penalty for, um, the game would be unwatchable. It would just be so stop-start. That's stop, what people start. want, Ben. That's what people <laughs> want. There was, there was a red card and how many, how many high hit and, and all, that, all those penalties today. And people still are moaning that there's stuff being missed. I don't understand what kind of game people want to watch. Well, they they want a a whistleblower on the field, and then sort of almost NFL style reviews and flags and penalty markers everywhere to consistently stop the game. Because if 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 you don't let the referee referee, this is my problem with world rugby, and we've managed to to get very easily segued from the Wales game, which you know I don't really well, care about. But what, my... why, Russ, just as a suggestion, should we just cover this now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then not Do talk it. about it for the rest of the pod and then because it, mate, it's impossible to not talk about it because every game is affected by it. Even Georgia against Uruguay was affected by it. Wayne yeah, Lada... a red card that he clearly didn't want to give. Yeah. He didn't want you to know, do the, the, the initial contact in that tackle was the Georgian fella's shoulder to the Uruguay bloke's face. You know, yeah. you, you can't win in these. You, and, there is no winning. And, 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 it's, and it's the, the last just... couple of minutes of that game. Uruguay were already getting hammered. It, there was no, you know, I know it, it shouldn't yeah. work like that. No mitigating factor, whatever. But, you know, there was no need to send him off. And you, you could tell he didn't want to do it. saved for somebody stoving somebody's head in at the bottom of a ruck. You know, I'm, we shouldn't. You, we probably went the first five World Cups before there was a red card, and we've had two in three days. I mean, I think should should we go through them? Like, I think for me, if we look at the most high pro, high profile ones, I think the the American guy Quill that was that was a red, and it always has been. I thought um, Hodge for Australia was. I think he. He was a bit unfortunate. The guy changed direction. He was trying to hit him sort of elbow height and knock him into touch. The guys come in and he, and he, uh, so I don't think it would have been a no arms tackle if he'd been where he thought he was, but he wasn't where he thought he was. 
it's it's stopping a try scoring opportunity. So I, I think a yellow there would have been fair. Um, and Piers Francis, I mean, that, that was barely a penalty for me. I mean, it is a penalty because he clipped him high, but you know, I, in that situation, they're traveling really quick. And I, I thought that was um, a lot of fuss about nothing. That one. Have yeah. I missed any of the big ones? Um, I don't think so. I mean, there were, did you see the 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 shoulder charge for the guy from? Um, uh, was it the Argentinian against Tonga? Oh uh, yeah. Not, I mean, I'm not talking about cards. I'm just talking about you know cut and dry poor decisions. That was. Yeah, that was. I mean, that should have been a penalty try, shouldn't it? I think. Yeah, and, absolutely. And you know, I think we get dragged into things on Twitter. Uh, where we probably go a bit over the top, and Doug's probably going to disagree with me here, but I don't, I don't want players to get injured. But I just think that a lot of these decisions are just based on sort of box ticking, box ticking, rather than any sort of rhyme or reason. You know, if they wanted less games, if they wanted more safety, less games would be the place to start for me. But yeah. I, I've said it before. Why don't they have some kind of point system? So for you know, go back, go back to how it was. You know, like uh, Doug said, if you if you cave someone's head in, straight red card. If it's seatbelt tackles or you know tackles where they just ride up the chest and catch them in the chin a little bit, have a, have a count back. If 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 people really want to go for all these slow motion replays, then have a have a point system. You got twenty points per player at the start of the season, and once they tick down to zero, the, you know, and and and. And every sort of offence with a uh, has a sort of tariff on it, and yeah. and you get a suspension, and and that way people will be happy with this sort of relatively minor foul play they're finding and in in slow motion, and and the game isn't completely sort of ripped to pieces by yellow cards, red cards, and stoppages. So here's the th- here's the thing, right? I put together a little sort of sanction sheet based on a little bit oh, from. From football, <laughs> well, just a little bit based on football, but you know, if they're going to retrospectively go back and look at high tackles that weren't given on the day, right? At, at least be consistent about it. Don't have any of these. Oh well, we've got a low entry point of three weeks with a high entry point of nine weeks, but he um, groomed his cat before he left, and he made sure he put the bins out. Therefore, he gets two weeks off for that. And he said he was really sorry, and he promised to buy some school children a, a new PE kit, so he gets another two weeks off for that. You know what's the fucking point? So basically, what I'm what I'm saying is, world rugby. A bit like football, you know, when they get five yellow cards in a season for foot in football, they get a one match ban. So if you get three yellow cards in a calendar year, right, you have a, a week ban. Okay, so three yellow cards in a calendar year might even be two. You could say two yellow cards in a calendar year get a week ban because they're not as sort of widely spread as in as in football. You get two yellows in a match, which doesn't happen very often. You get a one week ban in line. You get a red in a match for something that isn't, well, you say you get a red card because you misjudge a tackle, you arrive too quickly, you take someone out in the air, whatever that might be, you get a straight red, you get three weeks, that's it. It's a three-week It's a three week suspension. Just like football, when you get you take down a player or your handball on the line or whatever it is, you get three weeks, that's it. 
you get two red cards in the calendar year. That then goes up to five games. And then if you have three red cards, that would be 10 games, for instance. Then you start moving into, well, you punch, you twat someone in the face, you get five games. That's the sanction for a twatting someone in the face. You gouge or you stamp, you get seven games. You gouge, you get 10 games, whatever. But that's where it is. There's no mitigating circumstances. There's no, you know, there's no entry levels and, and dispensations. Those are the sanctions. I think if everybody knew exactly where they stood, 100%, all of this bullshit by people on Twitter who think that they know what they're talking about would probably disappear. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you're an optimist. It, it, it wouldn't. And and the problem is yeah, the people who... The, the problem is that People seem to have lost, you know, the the players in the world, and they they're getting things wrong by a matter of a couple of millimeters. Because yes, they may be able to do things that we we can't. But do you know what? People attacking can also do that. And to, it, the point I'm trying to make is games are being ruined. People getting stuff marginally, marginally wrong, and it's all in the name of player safety. And I think largely it's not about that. It's not about player safety. I know, I know where you're going with that. You've you've just broken up a little bit from it. Um, but it's not about people. It's people wanting to appear like they care about player safety. What? What the problem is, is people not understanding exactly what's going on and the pace that these players are moving. I, I just don't... Sorry, mate, you've, you've gone there a second. Um, yeah, the internet here is quite sketchy. But my, my point is I, I don't really know how, what people expect from, from the governing body or referees or anything for that matter I don't know how I, I don't know how this gets resolved because in order to make the game less confusing and and less um, less sort of I don't even know what the word is in order to make the game less sort of um, cuntish fucked really in order to unfuck the game they've got to say we've tried to make the game safer we think we've done a decent job it's at the detriment to our game yeah what frustrates me is that's not going to happen and the only thing that's going to happen is there'll be more and more more and more litigation and there'll be more and more complications to the rules and it'll get more and more difficult to watch and people start switching off yeah, I want to know why there isn't this amount of fury in rugby league. Because inherently, yeah, that's because nobody watches it. And because a lot of yeah, and it, it's crazy that nobody watches. It. But do you know what? They'll get there eventually. They'll start. You know, there's always already noises because obviously I work on a bit of rugby league. There's already noises about tackle technique and all this kind of stuff and I just wish all those people would fuck off into the sea I really do <laughs> get in the sea 
Um, okay, let let's 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 talk about some. <laughs> right, stop moving that laptop now because you've got a half decent signal. Right, let let's let's talk um, about some actual rugby. Let's talk about Ireland versus Japan. And there's been a lot of you know a lot of comparisons to uh, Brighton four years ago when Japan beat South Africa. Um, some people would have would have you believe that Japan beating Ireland yesterday was a bigger shock than when they beat South Africa four years ago. Ben, what are your thoughts on this? It isn't just because at the time Japan were were not rated by anyone. Whereas I think now everyone knows they're a, you know a half decent side. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people probably did what I did for the Japan South Africa game and and weren't going to watch it. And it was only that I happened to have nothing better to do that I switched it on um, because it 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 presented itself as a completely foregone conclusion. Um, did I ever mention that I was there? <laughs> well, were you there, mate? Yeah. I bet there were loads of really salty Irish people there. <laughs> no, not the Japan Island game, the Japan South Africa game. Oh, in Brighton, yeah. But but I think yeah, I think that. I think it's fair to say that Japan. I mean, no one probably thinks they're going to win the tournament, but no one was going into any game against Japan thinking it was going to be easy. Um, I thought they looked quite nervous in their first game, um, which seems a long time ago now, um, and perhaps not at their best, but you could see some of the things they were trying to do, sort of get the ball wide. Um, they do a lot of um, letting the ball go and picking it back up again when they're tackled, um, which seems to work for them. And, you know, they're a good side, but I think it was, I think it was different to um, Brighton in that it, it wasn't anything to do with just sort of catching the opposition by surprise. They, they outplayed Ireland for an hour. Yeah, and and by the end of it, Ireland looked really sort of fried. I mean, everyone said about Carberry's kick to touch, which I don't think was the deliberate move. I think he just completely lost where it, where he was and when he was. But that... he, he tried. The, he he fucked up and tried to style it out. Absolutely, absolutely. And and but there are lots of people, including some people that are you know I've, I've quite I've got a bit of time for on Twitter going. Yeah, but you know. The, do you not just think they tried to get away with a bonus point? Well, if he think... was trying to get away with a bonus point, he would have caught that ball, turned around and booted it dead in goal. Yeah, not tried I... to get 40 metres. If he was consciously thinking that, then that's what he would have done. I think I think you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, does it? It no. had the same result. And I think maybe ex-players probably, you know, log- their logic is, well, perhaps that's what he was going to do. But I think you're right. The style in which he did it meant that he was, he just lost it. But I think a lot of them had lost it by probably 65 minutes. They, they were making some really strange decisions. Um, the, the sort of pace of the Japanese play um, really, I think, did get to them. Their, their defence was just ferocious. They were just up in their faces. Um, no time to think. And even players like Furlong, who, you know, I think he'd gone off by that point, but you know he, he had one of the one of his poorer games, he, he dropped several balls. I mean, there was a nice little kick through, wasn't there? but um, yeah, I, I just thought they just, they almost out Ireland, Ireland really, because they kept the ball, which is what Ireland usually like to do. Um, and then they hit them wide. I think 
early on, the Irish, they also picked, they, they, they managed to pick off the Japanese wide because I think the Japanese had sort of concentrated so much on um, combating the likes of Stander and um, Van der Fleer and people like that coming through the narrow channels. Um, and the Irish were able to hit them wide a couple of times. But that seemed to almost go to their heads a bit and they, they never settled back into keeping the ball. Um, but I think there were so many good performances by the Japanese, but um, their, their hooker is amazing. Yeah. He's, he's, he was a really good, you know, with ball in hand. I thought both props played really well. Um, they at least matched the Irish in the scrums and, and they both contributed around the pitch. And I, I think it's, is it Jimeno? I, I, I might have, I've probably have pronounced that wrong. Uh, you've who, got previous. Yeah. Who started at six. What? I think, to be fair, I think their whole back row was was exceptional, and and you've got a thirty eight year old in the second row who looked dead on his feet when he came off. But um, yeah, the lad that I think he started at six and finished at eight, he was off the planet good. Yeah, I was just so impressed with them all round. Yeah, two two really good centres as well, really good centres. Um, so it's a shock, but it's not it's not earth shattering, and I think. Ireland without you know when when you saw they did they hadn't started Sexton it was almost arrogant yeah arrogant. you can you can you can almost sort of think, well if if an, Ireland, if an upset's going to happen that that's going to be part of the reason why um I I said to we watched it um watched it as a group and um I said about 40 minutes, I said to the bloke I was sitting next to, I said, I, I look absolutely goosed. They just yeah. look goosed. You know, um, they didn't have any ideas. They played one-out rugby and just thought a simple one-out rugby was going to be enough. And Japan just had bigger bollocks, basically. That, that's what it came down to. But the, I think... Don't at me about big, bigger bollocks being... It, it just... You know what I mean. <laughs> I, I love the way you were preempting people asking you about yeah. having bigger bollocks. I think from about the half hour mark, they they just kept the ball for almost ten minutes. And you're right; from that point on, the Irish never looked comfortable. Um, and, and Ireland, Ireland looked to me like they didn't have a game plan. They just thought showing up would be enough. Yeah, I agree. And I've got and, to tell you, I've got to tell you that. It was one of the happiest days of my life. I've seen I've seen a lot of um, well screenshots, shall we say, from people who no longer oh, listen to us or follow us. One of them, and, and yeah, take a long time to digest them and really consider their opinion. And and, and you know, scroll no, past them and go, You're a just just scroll past them. But I've also seen some stuff from from areas that we have been um, blocked from. Where the the individuals concerned are so transparently nice about the whole situation, <laughs> but you but you just know, you just know they are absolutely melting inside, absolutely <laughs> bubbling. Their piss is literally steam, and but but because they don't want to seem like a bad person on Twitter, they're just being really really nice. Oh, it's so lovely. Honestly, I could um, I could bottle the feeling of that that defeat. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I could bottle it. <laughs> we having a, a couple of um, 
uh what's the what's the beer out there like sing tao or something Kieran. like that Kieran. Kieran. yeah a couple of a uh, couple of cans that evening oh lovely uh, lovely stuff in Not the uh, in in the interest of balance ireland looked pretty damn good against scotland as well so but having they do they did but scotland weren't very good and no Lost most of their best players, haven't they? You know, Hamish Watson, um, Scout, Sam Skinner pre-tournament. You know they, they've got a pretty bad injury list. The Scots. They can't be looking forward to playing Japan, can they? Last game. No. Well, they've they've got to get through Samoa tomorrow first. Yeah. Samoa, Samoa could could well be as big a banana skin as anything else. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. As far as Scotland are concerned, um. Should we talk a little bit about England? What yeah. have you made? What have you made about? Um, what have you made of uh, England's two early performances? Albeit, obviously Tonga and then the USA um, team selections. Have you, have you been surprised by the way Eddie Jones has, has approached it, Ben? Not really. I think. I think they were both fairly routine. Um, I think that he was always going to change it for the America, the America match. He made a few more than I thought, but now everyone's had a run. I think keeping Billy going probably is sensible. He seems to, once he gets a run of games, he seems to um, avoid injuries more than, you know, stop starting. He seems to get injured coming back from injuries. And, and so I, I didn't have a problem with him, with him playing Billy. Um, I thought, I think, Cowan Dickey's looked pretty good. Missed, he has missed the odd line out, but you know that's a risk with him. Um, so that's been a plus. Joseph is a real plus, but he looked really sharp when he when he came back from injury with Bath. Um, we've scored some good tries. We've we've looked a little bit meh at times as well. Mm. I, I thought there was some. Look, they looked a little bit like they were trying a few things against Tonga. Um, but you know, two, two bonus points. There's not much more you can get out of those games. Come no. away with no injuries. Five five points, no injuries. Yeah, they're, they're the games you just got to get through, aren't they? Yeah, it's we never know. Enough, we... Though, is it? It's never enough of England. No one's ever happy. But surely we should be. I mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. We've played two, one, I two. We got no injuries. I thought we looked quietly one of the better teams in the to- tournament. Um. I think we looked like our pack bullies people. I think we've we've looked creative at the backs. I think we've looked strong in defence. And you know what? What more do you need, really? Uh, absolutely. One thing. One thing I have noticed, and one thing I have been impressed by, is where it looks to have that that element of strength in depth. You mentioned Joseph there, Ben, but you know, chances are he could be behind Tuolagi Slade. You know, as a as a third thirteen, we've got then um, Thokinasiga, who's looked very good. Then you've got Noel, uh, Johnny May to come back in, Elliot Daly. Um, then you've got Billy and Mark Wilson. The back that back row, mate, is fucking scary. Mate. Lewis L- Lewis Ludlam, I think, has been. I know you've mentioned him before, Doug, as a as a Saints man, but he he's been one of the. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be one of the finds of this tournament. 
he is he was absolutely everywhere on Thursday morning. And yeah, you put you put plays, you, you put him you put him in there with you know you've got Curry, Underhill, Ludlam, three all action back rows that are gonna get you turnovers, that are gonna carry hard and are gonna make lots of tackles. All of a sudden it puts us in a in a very, very strong position, even down to and I I was a bit skeptical about this. For the sixty odd minutes that he was on the pitch on um on Thursday, I thought Willie Hines was absolutely fucking brilliant. He controlled it, he box kicked immaculately, he put Ford in great positions, he just enabled everything to flow. He was that like immediate conduit. My only caveat to that strength in depth is perhaps scrum half a little bit, but I, I still think if Billy gets injured, we've had it. I think I think a lot of the game plan goes out the window I just, there. I just, but we I could. Don't, I don't go agree. On. I think we just play different if Billy's not there. Yeah. We we showed that in the Six Nations when he wasn't. We just have a more mo. I say more mobile back row. We just have a different type of back row. Mark Wilson would probably come in and play at eight. But then, as I say, with those three other back row options, it's not like we lack dynamism and if you put if you put a, to- a toji in the second row courtney laws came I, the, the only weak point for me is i thought joe launchbury didn't have a very good game but we know that he's class anyway so i just i just think so much of the game plan because i think he's almost got his team right now i think that back row that starts is 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 brilliant curry underhill and and Vunipola. and i think Ford Farrell to Alagi was always his plan A. I just think if you lose, especially Billy and probably Manu is is probably a a case in point as well. You're losing a lot of your go forward front football, which we we look so much better when we're bashing through the game line. Um, as does so, any side, though. Yeah, of, of of course. But there's there's other teams that cope better with with slower and you know slower ball. I think there's there's teams that sort of think a little bit more. Um, I, I I agree with you, Russ. I think we look pretty good. I think I'd, I'd still be thinking about Watson at fullback and moving Daly to the wing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because I think he will get picked off by some of the better teams. But, I, I, you know, Genge came on and, and looked good. So, you know, he's he's someone you can use as a impact sub. So that's, that's a bonus as well. I, I think we look... I think Doug, yeah, you summed it up. We look quietly efficient at the moment, um, and and actually, I don't think people are taking that much notice of England at the moment because they've had two sort of lower profile games, and they might surprise a few people. Um, well, my point about my point about England was you looked at how happy France were to have beaten Argentina. Yeah, and I think. That sums it up because then France knew essentially that by beating Argentina they qualified. Because yeah. I don't think either of those teams think they're going to beat England. A, qu- a quick one about um, sort of conditions over there, Doug. Is it you know? It's obviously yeah. warm, mate. Today in Kumagai, it was. I, I mean, I'm lucky. I'm I'm up in a shaded sort of the the camera main camera gantry where I'm working is. In, in like a a booth, yeah. So it's relatively cool, but from what I, from what everyone said, down on the pitch, 
it was the hottest game some people have ever worked on. Wow. Well, I saw, you know, um, pictures of Milton Haig, who looked like he was, uh, he'd just been caught, you know, on the wrong side of town by his missus. He looked like a sex pest. He did. He he absolutely did. Um, But, you know, just something about um, watching the Irish yesterday, England indoors against America the other day, like really humid, really sweaty, like that really type of wet heat. Yeah, that's what it is. And and do you think teams are are struggling a little bit with those conditions? Like the Northern Hemisphere teams especially? I mean, I don't see how they can't. It's, you know, the only thing I could ever really sort of equate it to was I I once played, the only reference point I've got is I played a football tour in Florida. And I remember warming up and going through my training top, like just, you ran out of the changing rooms, got to the pitch, ran up and down a few times. And you were completely gone, sweat-wise. Everything had gone. And you look at some of the boys that are playing out here, and they, <laughs> they look bet. like they're hating every single minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that gooch was on fire, wasn't it? Oh. So, so it's not like sent just on a Saturday, then? <laughs> no. I mean, there was, a, there was a little bit of me that was like, these Georgian fellas must be like, what the fuck? <laughs> or, or the I... guys that played for Russia in Krasnoyar, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I bet that uh, I bet that underneath those shirts, every Georgian is Phil Elkins' level of hairy as well. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute rug underneath. Take, uh, your, jump, take your jumper off, mate. Uh, they're there. I comb my back especially for this, and now look at the state of it. <laughs> they're, they're just big silver backs. Just... I combed my back. <laughs> just... Oh... Um. So, uh, any other any other World Cup chat? Anything else? Anything else? Uh, where are you off to next, Doug? Uh, well, I'm flying to Osaka in three hours. How how far is that? Uh, I have no idea, mate. the The scale of this country is weird. I don't get it. Tokyo is like a never ending city. It just goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. And you, you just get to different places and you're like, oh, I'm in a different place now. But you don't see any discernible difference between Tokyo and that other place. It's quite weird. Um, but yeah, I go to Osaka, then I go to Tokyo, then back to Kumagaya, then I'm in Tokyo and Yokohama for the rest of it. Um, up to the final, and then doing the final and coming back. Are you, you, are know, you working on the final? Yeah. Worst life, Doug. What are you what are you doing, Ben, over the next few weeks? <laughs> no, no one's interested. Um Thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, I was I, just trying yeah. to go on. I, I could be doing something really interesting for all you, you know. But you're yeah. not. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um so I've got the I've got the ultimate uh, I've got the ultimate in contrasting fortunes though because a couple of days after I get back I've got a week in Wolverhampton <laughs> for the darts yeah 
<laughs> yeah, you love it there. You get a dartboard set up and everything, and it's yeah, like a little proper little men behaving badly pad, that, isn't it? it yeah, you go, I, I go back to living like a student for a week. Sounds like sounds decent to me. Um, few injuries for for a few different teams. We got um, Demba Bamba is out. I think he he tore a thigh or something. He tore a thigh muscle. Um, Jack Conan broke his foot. Uh, that's about it. That was shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Ur- what about Uruguay beating Fiji? We haven't talked about that. Uh, let, let's talk about that. That was one of the best post-match interviews I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Have you seen the size of that fella? He's tiny. He's like me. He's like me. Like me size. Yeah, like really, really, really small. And they were international six. It's hope for all of us. Does that give you? Does that give you a certain sense of satisfaction? Yeah, I mean, I never want to play six. Ever. Just putting that out there. I never want to be a six. I don't like getting hit or kicked, or well, yeah. and just don't like being anywhere where the ball is. Yeah, essentially, apart from at the base of a ruck, where you're really heavily protected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one can get to me. And this ball is coming in at this ball is coming in and out of my hands quicker than you can blink, sunshine. So yeah. <laughs> oh I wow! Do, I do say sunshine a lot as well. <laughs> I'm bore off sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where were we going with that before? Uh... Oh yeah, the Uruguay match. Um, having watched Uruguay this morning against Georgia, who literally beat them up. They were just far, far too physical for them. It made me it made me actually put that Fiji performance into a bit of perspective because Fiji were dog shit that yeah. day. Like, absolute... You know, like Doug mentioned Ireland turning up thinking, that, oh, we're just going to beat these. Well, Fiji just did exactly the same, I think, and still tried to toss it around. And even when they were winning and they could have just, just tightened it up, just right, okay... They just, they they were just shit. They're a bit like the batsman that always says, "The James this, Vince of international rugby." No, the opposite. The one that this is the way I play, and I'm gonna, I'm going to play like this every oh. time, and then gets out hooking when the, it's like seventy four for nine or something oh, like that. I, th- I thought I thought you were going to go down the route of, uh, looks pretty good, but we'll always find a way to get out. No, it's like, but I think, I I. I my impression was those Uruguay players had been building up to that game for about four years and they just put everything into it because every time a ball went loose on the floor, there was a Uruguayan on it. And that's that's one of the things, you know, you don't have to be supernaturally talented like some of those Fijians are just to want to get down on a loose ball. And time after time, that was what happened. The Uruguayan just reacted quicker with more commitment and got on top of it. Uh, I thought it was brilliant to watch. The last 20 minutes, you were always thinking at any point, one of these Fijians is going to cut loose and they're going to score a try. And, and, but every time a ball went anywhere where it was a 50, 50, it just wasn't a 50, 50 as a Uruguayan got hold of it. And, you know, there was some good play in that. One of the tries came off a, a really nice offload. Um, but after that win, I think they were always going to get beaten in the next game because it would have taken so much oh. out of them. Um, and, and also Uruguay are the polar opposite to Fiji, aren't they? Yeah. And they're a very, very sort of similar team to Georgia. And Georgia are just much better at it. Bigger and better. Um, and 
all freshly combed. Just got a really, really <laughs> massive shot of Doug's moob. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think one of my favourite sporting sayings is that um, you may not be the best, you may not have the, the most ability, but there is no excuse for you not being the best at the things that require no talent. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's been a few games in this World Cup where that's that's been evident, you know. Um, yeah, Uruguay may not have been the skill set wise as talented, but on that day they they were the better at doing the things that required no talent. Like you said, you know, being the first to a loose ball, getting back up and organising in defence, all that kind of stuff. They they were just better at better at it than Fiji, and it's you know not a surprise. Fiji really didn't want a dog out, did they? They didn't look like they had a they didn't look like they had a dog in them. And ultimately, that's what won Uruguay the match. Yeah. We didn't really talk about the Wales game. We, we got sidetracked by yellow cards, didn't we? But, I mean, they've looked pretty good, haven't they? I mean, I think Georgia came back at them in the second half, but that game was already won. Um, and today, in the long patches, Wales looked excellent. I think Australia, I've, I've got this feeling with them for a long time that they've got a lot of talent in their backs, but doesn't seem to gel. It seems to be a lot of individuals. Yeah. Like the Corabetes and Karevis and Beals of this world. Yeah. Just, it never seems to be the, the same players whenever I see them. And, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of structure. There was a lot of balls hitting the ground and passes thrown behind people. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what O'Connor was doing there. And, chopping and changing the scrum half and the fly half and and you know they don't have the forward power to overpower most teams so they're they're really relying on their on moments of magic from their backs well they they did today they they scrummaged really really well i thought yeah and they got well not harshly penalized they got penalized on a couple of occasions which was probably a marginal call i mean there there was there was lots of really good stuff i mean Gareth Day, that Gareth Davis interception just before half time, what just as Australia was starting yeah. to to get a little bit more of a foothold. I mean, Re- he's playing Re- really well, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I thought when Bigger went off, Wales could well be in trouble, but Patchell came on and and did a great did a great job, had a good had a really good game, and kind of did the job that Dan Bigger would have done. He kind of steadied the ship. He didn't try anything too flashy. Yeah. He kicked his goals, you know, for someone who looks suspiciously like Princess Diana's son, he, <laughs> um, you know, he, he did a decent job. Or, or I, James, I, could be James Hewitt's son, coincidentally. Could, could well be James. Well, yeah, say no more. There'll be, uh, there'll be Mercedes outside your front door before you know it, but you'll be done getting up and down the Big Dipper. Um, what I will say is, the, can, I, the bit... can I interject? Of I course, you can. I think we're obviously you look at the result as the ultimate arbitrator of whether a team has played well or not. I think for large parts of that game, Wales were outplayed by Australia. Okay. Um, and yeah, the solid defence and all that, but they you know most of the second half, Wales weren't in that game. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of ball, did they? The Aussies kept the ball quite well. Yeah, well, and it was it was Australian Australian 
um, lack of clin- clinicality, clinicness, clinicism, clinic, <laughs> yeah, clini- clinicalism. Yeah, I like that. We'll go with that. Well, it's um, that. There was that yeah. one point, wasn't there? Like just within the, within the last ten minutes, where Nick White had that kick for touch. Was it Thomas Williams pulled off an absolute yes. miracle bit of sort of touch line defence that you know ninety nine times out of a hundred that that becomes an Australia line out, and they go through a few phases and and score in the corner or they just bully bully you know they they keep it tight and do what they did for um one of the earlier tries it might have been the Hale at Petty try where they just they just went through went through they just kept going to the corner and then they just kept going to the corner going to the corner going to the corner until they eventually got over and you know that that was the difference because I mean, had had that gone out you know Patchwell doesn't get that lad you know the the penalty that he kicks after that and chances are Australia score so I mean I I I actually thought once Australia scored the try they scored right under the post the the with the pick and goes I think most sides probably would have folded from there um and Wales you know for all the criticism of them they you know for uh sometimes sort of a lack of flair they're really bloody minded and and they dug in again and I think that they're a really hard team to beat. They've got decent halfbacks, really good centre partnership. The back three looks pretty good. Uh, you know, Liam Williams is, he was reasonably quiet today, but came in with that last turnover at the end. The back row looks excellent. Second row, there's, you know, there's there's no doubts about that either. And they're a, they're a, they're, they're a dangerous side because you're never going to get away from them. Um, and, and you're right, Doug, the Aussies did at times get on top of them, but they couldn't score. There's always the option that they were never going to score quite quick enough to, to bring back that deficit. Um, so I'm, I'm quite impressed by Wales. I, I bet you enjoyed that drop goal after 40 seconds, though. Oh, you've got to love a drop goal. It. didn't see it. <laughs> I enjoyed the... Why was the... There was an attempted drop goal that nearly went for a throw-in. <laughs> for throwing, yeah, I can't remember what game that was in. Um, oh, superb! Yeah, it was pathetic. Um, but yeah, the resurgence of the drop goal, I am enjoying it. Should be used more. What a great attacking weapon! Yeah. Um. Yeah, right. Scoreboard ticking over. Always. Any uh, any other World Cup business you want to get through? Um. No. No. Good. No. For right. my job. <laughs> For the sake of your job. <laughs> Deleted to save Doggy's job. Um Okay. Well, let's move on to some any other business then. Ben, have you got any any other business this week? Or any other business since the last time we all podded, which was back in the last season? Well, as as has already been alluded to, uh Nothing really happens to me, so um, not, not got a lot really. Um, all right, stop making it all about you. Well, yeah, haven't done a pod for about six years, and you <laughs> haven't had one thing worthy of putting on it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can't wait to get up every day. Oh, it's it, it's a delight. I, I think it's just uh, 
I'm fairly easy going. So it's 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 why I haven't fallen out with anyone on Twitter for about a week. It doesn't it doesn't always have to be bad stuff. You can do good stuff. But um, it's fine. If it's um, fine. D- Doug. I mean, aside from Twitter, which is just been toxic. Yeah. Um, it's it's almost like a race to see who can put the first tweet on Twitter. I, my, so many accounts that we follow off more. I've had to stop looking at more Logan's account. Um, be, because it's so many tweets of just like, oh, Australia look good here. It's like, what, why, why do you feel compelled to write that on a tweet? You know what I mean? And then the, the, the race to get you when somebody think of the children to tweet out. Um, so just expect a, a much more blunt me on Twitter. If anyone calls me out, I'm just going to cut them off. Can't wait. And, yeah. uh, um, and, and search for Chinese Lensman. You'll find him soon enough. And um, as far as Japan goes, the you know the food's incredible. I, I'm I, I'm I'm so fat at the moment. It's ludicrous. Can you get fat just from eating ramen? Because that's basically what I've done for three weeks. Eating what? Ramen. Right. What's ramen? Noodles in a soup. It's very nice. Nice. Ben, you thought of something now? No, I haven't, but. The talking of Japanese food and drink just reminded me. I, you can cut this out because it's it's a fairly rambling story. But the uh, he Healy's he you know Healy's cider farm around the corner. Yeah, does they, for for those of you that don't know, it makes the Cornish Rattler cider. Yeah, they also make whiskey, which it's an, really nice as well. Yeah, it won an award a few years back. It's a single malt, Doug. I'll get you some. And oh, um, let's do that. I, I, I was there the other day and we did the tour and the, the chapter in the tour told us this story. They, they finished second in this sort of world whiskey awards and a, a fella turned up and bought a couple of bottles and he'd been to Japan to buy the, the winning whiskey, which was obviously a Japanese one, which cost £4,000 a bottle. It uh, wasn't available online, so he'd had to fly to Japan, paid £4,000 a bottle, flown home, got the taxi back to his house, and as he got out of the taxi on his drive, dropped one of the bottles and smashed it in the drain. Oh, fucking hell. How's your luck? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, to be fair, if you're flying to Japan to buy a four-grand bottle of whiskey, it's probably not that big a deal. No, well, that's what we Just said. Fly but... back to Japan and get another one. I Just bet he's... Imagine, imagine him waving down the taxi. Hold on, mate. Hold on, hold on. Back to Heathrow, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just ro- rocking up on Japan Airways, saying, "Can I have a return to Tokyo, please?" Like he's stepping on a bus. I bet he still <laughs> dropped kick the cat, though, didn't he? What's that first cl- first class? Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Fuck my life. Uh, unbelievable. Good story, though. Um, my one is Twitter related, but it's a little bit it's a little bit funny. And for those of you that are boxing fans, go and check out the Twitter account that is out. It's called Out of Context Hearn. And it's, oh, it's, it's just little snippets of videos of Eddie Hearn during interviews or doing whatever it is that Eddie Hearn does. But you can put your own little sort of tagline on it as well. And some of the people that put taglines on some of the videos, it's such... I sat there the other, the other night and I probably scrolled through it for about an hour and a half 
that's how you know, vibrant my life is. But I spent an hour and a half giggling away to out of context turn, and it's just fucking amazing. So if you're not if you're not listened to it yet, go and check it out because it's uh, it's amazing. Um, that's it then. Let's let's go, Doug. We'll let you uh, get a bit more sleep. Well, it's now. It tw- I'm going to leave my fantasy football match up this week for the first time as well. So oh mate! So it's now what twenty past five in uh, Itchy Itchy Gary or whatever it's called. Kuma guy, twenty past five. Kuma guy, twenty past five. So it's just the just the three and a half hours until you've uh, got to go anywhere, or two and a half hours. Well, now I'm forty minutes till I've got to be up. That's all right then. That's fine. So we haven't kept you awake. Thanks for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, um, not not a problem. I mean, we we are we have fast become the least reliable rugby pod on the internet. So yeah, but hopefully that will make people want us a bit more when we come back and we start doing Premiership stuff again. Um, before one thing I will say is uh, huge congratulations to friend of the pod Josh McNally who made his Bath debut yesterday in the uh, Premiership Cup in the 36-28 win over Worcester. So uh, well done, Josh, and go well. Um, and that's it. Yeah, Doug, enjoy Japan. Keep safe. Enjoy Cheers, yourself. Mark. And uh, no doubt we'll hear from you before the World Cup is over, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ben, keep keep doing what you do. Which is nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> a good amount of nothing. I love it. Cheers, cheers, lads, and uh, we'll we'll speak soon. Go well. Cheers, boys. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.